What's up, jabronis? Welcome to Two on Five Podcast, your one-stop shop for all your top five needs. I'm Drake. I'm Brett. I'm Brian, and I'm contractually obligated to be here, I think. Yeah, you are, (laughs) for at least two more episodes. (laughs) Got it. We are back with our top five lists of video games per their console generations. Uh, We are currently covering the current console generation. So this is going to be the most recent consoles that you hear about from us this year, unless the PS5 comes out and then we're, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But we are here to go through our top five games from the PS4, the Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, we made it. We did. Wait, someone's got an Xbox One game? Um... Well, no, but there's a lot of multi-platform. <laughs> Most of these you could get on Xbox if you bought one. Judas! Um, I do think that's an interesting point, though. I feel like uh, last gen, especially early, it was a Microsoft-dominated generation. Like, PlayStation right. sort of came back towards the end. And then this generation, PlayStation just kicked the shit out of the Xbox. It was... Really left it in the dust. As a as a... I mean, I'm a huge gamer, always have been. You give me a console, you give me a couple different console choices. Xbox 360 was my choice last gen, for sure. They launched these, and if I if memory serves me, the Xbox was $100 more expensive, and you had to have the fucking connect with it. It's like, I don't want a camera for it. But then I also bought the PlayStation VR, so there's a camera hooked up. So, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I... I, I just felt like they kind of um, hamstrung themselves boxing the connect um, right out of the, right at launch without without an option without and then they also had the their big e, the e3 debacle when they were showing the consoles and that was when Microsoft was like it always has to be online and like mm-hmm, you can, mm-hmm. there's and they were trying to do like permissions for like uh, digital games. Oh, and that's this is, right. And this is and this is literally like seven years ago. Okay? They were like, trying, is... they were trying to do permissions for physical copies of games too. If I remember right, they were like, well, well, because there weren't even like physical. It was like you had a disc, but like basically you were going to have to download the whole damn game, which yeah, you sort of right. do anyway now. But you get what I'm saying. And then PlayStation just did the whole thing of no, this it's going to be the same as it's always been. Yeah, and I feel like they like, toss a game to your buddy. Yeah, and I feel like that just kind of started the whole thing. But also, Microsoft was just like, you like Halo and Gears, right? And that's, that's it. it. And I and Sony had definitely done a lot more work with bringing indie stuff on and their first parties. So, yeah, if you if you want to play your first person shooters, get yourself an Xbox. If you want a little bit of variety in your first second party games. Yeah, you got to go PlayStation for sure. We had our time of chugging Mountain Dew and playing first-person shooters till midnight. We're grown up now. Oh, I was going to be like, that was like last week. Yeah, so So there's only a couple on the list. (laughs) Well, uh, so my number five is a shooter that I think we spent a lot of time going up till midnight playing. It was Call of Duty World War II. Um, This was uh, Sledgehammer 1. This was 2017. Uh, this was the first time they'd done a World War II game since 2008. So wow. it had been all, it had been nine years. Um, I really like the campaign on this one. Uh, 
they focus strictly on European theater, and that's that's probably one of my favorite ways to go about having a, a in a first person shooter. I love doing the European stuff. I lo- like I don't care that I've taken that beach in Normandy thirty fucking times. I'll, I'll do it again. Like I I just I really get into it. It's a lot of fun for me. Um, the campaign actually went around all of Operation Overlord. And they introduced some new stuff that I thought was really cool. They had those squad mates that could toss you like ammo, health, grenades, things like that. And that was different because unlike other Call of Duty games, if you weren't going to be able to pick that stuff up on the battleground, you had to know where your team, where you, where each teammate was. And I thought that the multiplayer did some really cool things. They brought in that war mode, mm-hmm. which was, which yeah, was, that, that was you know, cool. uh, big scale, uh, objective-based multiplayer which was pretty neat um they this was the first one that had the the base where you you would hang out with people and like i guess watch them open loot boxes which that was kind of dumb but i did appreciate that it had that shooting gallery so whenever you were working on like attachments for your gun and everything you could immediately load it up and see how it fired which i thought was kind of a nice thing um I just, we played the piss out of this. Like, we just played this so much. And I just, I loved it. Uh, they put in Prop Hunt, which led to some of the funniest nights I've ever played. Like, literally just watching Drake drive a tra- as a tractor around the level and people not finding him was the funniest. Because, I mean, like, it wasn't like a toy tractor. It was like a real tractor this and is like, your granddad's tractor yeah and like they didn't fucking know what like oh god it was so funny um uh brian has differing thoughts on this game but i thought it was great and it's just like it rates so high because of just the amount of time we dumped into it and i do have different thoughts on this game uh i i did enjoy the single player mode uh, i'm a big world war ii buff really enjoy it uh everything i mean all the history involved in world war ii and i get excited when they make a game for it um i played this online with you guys for probably about four five months and we went hot and heavy for a while and then i got tired of getting shot across a fucking map with a shotgun and i rage quit one day and i was like i'm fucking done and they're like okay see you tomorrow and i i packaged that shit up and i took it to gamers the next day and i'm like get it just get it out of my fucking house (laughs) i I think the thing we need to um talk about well just mention is that it wasn't just he said i'm fucking done and then he was gone it was like 30 <laughs> seconds of rage there was a build-up <laughs> there was a there was a build-up it was like a fucking volcano i was just done with it like you know that's the point of playing a game is to have fun and i was having fun for a while and then i wasn't anymore so you know it took it took every fiber of my being not to snap that shit in half but I was like, well, I can get twelve dollars at gamers for a sixty dollar game, so I guess that's better. <laughs> but I missed out on the prop hunt magical time, so I feel a little stupid about that. But well, and I feel what you're saying because every every first person shooter, but especially the Call of Duty franchise, it, it feels like for the casual gamer, probably about eight months into the life of that game, you really start to see the wheat separate from the chaff and us, we happen to be the chaff boys. Um, that iteration, I was chaff for sure. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you see the kids that play for 20 hours a day 
and you know have insane yeah, reflexes. Still have reflexes. They really kind of. T- yeah, I mean they they just they take it to a different <laughs> level, and so it, it does feel like after a while you're you're ready for something new. But I agree, this one for me was a ton of fun uh, while we played it, and this was probably the Call of Duty that I was able to enjoy the most in regards to every aspect of the game. I enjoyed the single player campaign. I enjoyed regular team deathmatch, and I enjoyed some of the objective based multiplayer that they put in too. And so I feel like there were a lot of things that could, could keep your interest, uh, you know, during the life of this game. So, and, and like Brett said, it doesn't really get old, at least for us, you know, it's, it's something I always enjoy seeing a rendition of world war two history And, you know, we're currently playing, uh, what is it? A modern warfare that we're playing now. Yeah. It's, it's modern warfare, whatever it is. Um, you know, Patriot act seven, but it's true. There, there really doesn't feel like there is that much difference in the weaponry compared to the world war two games. Like once you get everything dialed in, the World War II game feels just as accurate, you know, with your weapons as the new one does. And so I always enjoy seeing the World War II skin on things, um, you know, with the maps, with the costumes, you know, all of that shit. And so it's something I think they can keep going to I that well. Do. And they're going to keep they're going to keep making money on it. Like, I mean, like at the very um, least, like, you know, when Call of Duty 2 came out for the 360, like half that campaign is Russian campaign. Like, I mean, if you, right. If, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we could do Which Russian cool. campaign or world. At, yeah. World at war Pacific theater. theater. Like give me some of the other uh-huh. stuff. If you're, if you're thinking that I don't want to go back to Europe, but I do. So, I mean, like just, just give me another <laughs> one. But anyway. Yep. Good pick. Yeah. All right. Um, my number five, uh, making its triumphant return, uh, fi- the final fantasy seven remake. And, I was kind of surprised I was putting it on my list, but it's partly it's the nostalgia of of kind of seeing all that um, from Final Fantasy VII kind of fleshed out a little bit more. But it's a really good retelling too. Um, You know they they've they've they fleshed out the story. They've changed the battle mode to instead of like an active time battle, like the original JRPG version. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a straight action game and it really works. Um, they, there's, I was also really worried about the voice acting. Um, but I haven't, I, I am enjoying it. Like, I think, I think the, the voice actors do a really good job without being overly cheesy. Um, the, the crazy thing to me, I think more than anything about this game, is they've literally been talking about remaking or redoing Final Fantasy VII for 20 fucking years now. They, 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 this was rumored in the early 2000s. And uh, there was a tech demo. Um, like yeah, for 05, PS3, 06, right? And then, yeah, for PS3. And like they kind of... Um, they were, they were building off the Advent Children, I think, kind of giving it that same look. But that was 15 years ago, and like they kept saying it's coming, and it kind of just became a joke, like, okay, sure it is. And then I got my hands on it. I knew it was going to be different, 
but I'm enjoying the piss out of it. It is so much fun. It is so fluid. Um, it's a great way to kind of dive back into that world after 25 years. And, and I mean, it's, it's a beautiful game too. And, and what I really like is that they kept the, uh, they kept some of the weirder aspects of it. I don't. I know you guys are playing it. I don't know how far you are, but you get to Don Corneo stuff in the slums. And in the original game, you cross dress, and you kind of have to woo this guy. Uh, yeah, they keep that. Well, thank God. They they keep it, and it's even fucking weirder this time. And they, they're they are absolutely unapologetic about the game they made. They are embracing it, and they're making it better. And I really, really. I'm, I'm digging it. I did not doubt for a second that you would find a way to put Final Fantasy VII on another list somewhere down the road. Like I, I figured you'd just shoehorn in, shoehorn it in. Um, but it, it works here. You know, I, I do think that this has been a great update to the franchise. I personally didn't think to include it on my list because I want a complete remake. You know, I, I was expecting, you know, still holding out for a complete remake, which I think they'll do. But by 2046, yeah, I might still be alive. Um, you know, this is really just kind of the, the Midgar Chronicles, um, but it's solid. You're, like you said, the combat's super fun and easy to to adjust to compared to the old game and, you know, keeps your attention, which is something too. I mean, I, I think it's it's just challenging enough. And, you know, story-wise, it's solid still. Graphics are super pretty. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun to see this the way that we imagined it when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's that's probably been the most fun part of Final Fantasy VII for me is just seeing all those things like what we thought the PS1 was giving us. <laughs> you know, because we, we felt it back then, too. But to, to feel it in 2020 with updated graphics, updated sound, um, you know, just a, a brilliant piece of work. Yeah, like I, I don't have too much to add to any of that. Like I'm, oh, man, not very far in the game at all. Like uh, basically I got it and then I was playing it and... I've also just lost all of my attention span for like a lot of games and stuff right now. I just, I like, that's fair. Like stuff just doesn't hold my attention and it has nothing to do with the quality of any of it because I have games that I know are very good and I'm just like, you don't want to play a game about the world dying. No. Yeah. 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 Like, um, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I, so, but like, like you said, it's very pretty. I think that, um, a couple of the, characters and like like i said i'm not very far but like uh Aerith, Aerith, whatever you want to call her uh i like her voice characterization it's uh mm-hmm. i it's actually shed a different light on that character for me like she's kind of goofy and fun and mm-hmm. like i never got that in the original which is cool because it doesn't feel like a cheat or anything in that way and um they've updated you know, they've expanded characters that felt like nothing before, like uh, Biggs and Jesse and, you know, like, mm-hmm. so the, it's just, it's fun. Um, I was reading about how they were in planning stages for the next part of the oh. remake and then uh, the pandemic hit as 
so they're not even working on it so i'm like holy shit we we really might never see a a part two but it's it's important i think to almost to kind of just enjoy the part one we got you know like and it's very good 20 years in the making man i'm gonna take it Mm -hmm. for me my number five is actually not on the playstation 4 it's on the nintendo switch um my number five is mario kart 8 for the nintendo switch and I think it's a good iteration of Mario Kart. I think it's one of the better ones out there. Um, but having this updated, having it, you know, work with the switch and the motion controls, you know, the ability to play with four people in my living room, all via wireless controllers is a super nice update from where I started with Mario Kart, you know, or even playing on the GameCube years ago, you know, we were all kind of huddled around the TV And so this has been nice for my family to be able to spread out. My wife and I enjoy it. Um, You know, it's something that the two of us can play together or we can include the kids and we just, you know, whisper swears at each other instead of outright yelling (laughs) swears at each other. Um, But no, I I dig it. I think it's been fun to play with all the characters Um, and, you know, the online for Nintendo I like in general, the online is dog shit. I'm going to tell you that right now, but for Nintendo, it's pretty good. It's a, <laughs> it's pretty good online play. Not too shabby. Well, yeah. I, think, I, I think cart actually has some of their better net code. I'll give you that. Like, um, it's very, it, it performs much better than like smash does, but smash. Yeah. Has a lot of problems. Um, yeah. With like, for me, I, I really like, uh, this version of Mario Kart because I like all the uh, old tracks they brought in. Like, yeah, they, there's a ton of new tracks. Like, they didn't skimp on that, but you also get all a lot of the old tracks and stuff that you remember, and they're pretty. And the other thing I think was really really smart is uh, the help the help mode you can turn on for um, great for kids. kids. Yeah, it's so good for like kids or people or players that don't have a. Uh, a high skill ceiling so they're not just driving off the fucking map the whole time like it, it drunk helps. people it's really yeah. good for drunk people yeah but but i mean you know it, it, it helps keep them kind of more involved in the race and like i just mm-hmm. thought the you know it's just such a smart utterly nintendo thing to put into it and it's it's mario kart guys like it's like it's literally never bad i mean there's ways right. that you might like better but it's never bad they do a really good job of balancing the items too. Um, you know, when the four of us play together, my five-year-old normally lags behind. Uh, but normally he can finish like anywhere between eighth and 10th because they're going to keep giving him bullet bills to keep him in the race, um, which helps yeah. the other three of us, you know, not feel like we're sitting around waiting for somebody to finish the race. You know, it, it speeds the game up a little bit. And yeah, uh, with all the old tracks, I get three Rainbow Roads, which is dope. I, I have nothing to add to any of that. It's Mario Kart. I mean, it it it's Mario Kart. It's good. Yep. Play play some. <laughs> Throw them blue shells. Moving on to my number four, uh, going back to the PlayStation. It is Fallout Four for me. Um, I still like Fallout Three better. You know, I enjoyed Fallout 3 better, uh, but the story in 4 was good. The DLC was good. Um, You know, I felt like I got a new game. I didn't get just a cleaned up Fallout 3. 
Um, you know, I got new story, new lore, you know, really felt like they went a couple different layers, you know, compared to where they had in the past. The only thing I would say that really annoyed me about this game was the city building, like the settlement mm -hmm. building. Mm -hmm. It just, cause that's not my thing. Um, but fortunately for the most part, you can do as little of it as you want. Um, you know, there's obviously benefits to building the settlements and, you know, helping out your guy there, but you can walk away from it and do all the other shit too, which is once I remembered that I was able to enjoy the game a hell of a lot more. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like it was prettier, you know, than what we had seen before and, you know, just a solid game through and through. Yeah. I, I mean, it's fallout. It's exactly what you want it to be. It's, it's mutants and it's a lot of exploration. It was, it was a very pretty game at the time. There was a, they changed the setting obviously from the DC area to Massachusetts. I think you're in Boston which was awesome, but the thing that I remember the most about Fallout 4 was the surprise launch. Mm -hmm. Like, do you remember that? They like Bethesda's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Fallout 4. We're gonna officially announce it. Come on in. We're gonna have a stream. And then they're like, you can have it in two months. Also, we're dropping Fallout Shelter. Get some. That blew my mind. I loved that so much because everybody had been clamoring for a new Fallout for so long, and they kept it completely under wraps until that announcement and then they're like oh by the way guys here it comes yeah it's it's fallout what, what's not the love fucking death claws that's what i love death claws i i really liked uh the um and they, they started this with uh, with new vegas obviously but like uh the factions of this game and like the way it really you kind of had to by the end of it, you really had to pick which way you were going to go with it. And it really did mm -hmm. uh, drastically alter the way that that game would end. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is Fallout. There's, it's just, it's what it's such a fun game because you'll be playing and then suddenly you're doing something that's so batshit and you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> like, the t like the mission where there's like a, um, there's these robots that have a ship and then you like <laughs> and they flew it into and, the and, building yeah, and you fly it it's like crashed into a building and then you're like okay i'll help you and then they just crash into another fucking building and you're <laughs> and, they, and they're like yay <laughs> yeah you're like it's, okay all right and, I'm glad and, i could help you guys out yeah and, and that is literally <laughs> so why fallout rules like um it doesn't take itself too seriously yeah and uh the the I guess if I had any critiques about it is this game was so successful that Bethesda then thought that they could do an online version and yeah. uh, that was problematic, but hopefully we'll see a good new fallout at some point soon. All right. Uh, on to my number four, uh, like you said, Brett, you're not going to agree with me, but that's fine. Uh, my number four is the newest iteration of call of duty. Once again, just called modern warfare. And, I don't – this isn't on my list, but normally I really enjoy the single-player mode. This one, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of different accents and a lot of different people, and there's some uh, – It's very edgy. Yeah. Ugh. Here's here's some war crimes yeah. for you to enjoy. Yeah. Like, 
the the story is meh. It, 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 this, I'm not there for the story. I'm really enjoying the multiplayer. Um, I I I personally think that Infinity Ward, um, does the best multiplayer maps. I think there's a lot of hits on there. There's a, there's some misses, but there's a lot of hits. And then they're bringing back some of the old maps um, from the previous Modern Warfare's that I really enjoy. Uh, Crash, you know, that was I think Modern Warfare, the very first Modern Warfare, actually. Like, I I really appreciate what they're doing with the multiplayer. It feels more balanced to me than a lot of other ones. I there's still complaints to be had. There's still shotguns that are way too overpowered. But it again, it's it's this newest iteration, it's just a way to sit down, play video games with your friends again, you know, in the in the few hours a day that we get to. Um, I also think they did a lot of um, th- they did a lot of new things with the multiplayer. I appreciate um, the gunfight modes, the, where it, it it dumps you in and it's you and one other person against two other people, and you have the same loadout and you play to six. If you die, you die. I mean, it's. I, I think that's very cool. I think it's a very cool, quick way to get in. You're not waiting for lobbies to fill. Um, very rarely do you have, like, you know, when you jump into a lobby for Team Deathmatch, you're not getting a clan of six people. You're getting two other randos, um, which I, I appreciate. I, I really like when they do the uh, three-on-three gunfight, too. But then they also added the, the you know, the... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The the battle Fortnite, the, the, war the battle royale mode. Yeah, Warzone. Um, and they kind of did some different things with that too. Like that plunder mode is fun as hell. It, you know, you're running around the map looking for cash, killing people, and then trying to send that cash off. Just, just a lot of different things that I feel like I haven't seen uh, in multiplayer. And I think they've done a very good job with it. It's, it's very polished. There's still people that don't like it there's still complaints to be had with it but i think it's very good <laughs> well go for um, it brett the, let me have I, it like before i list the shit i think is shit and there is some shit uh i think that plunder um and then also the three-on-three gunfight is some of the most fun i've actually had in call of duty games like they are great modes mm-hmm. and they are super well done I think that the Battle Royale mode they have is the best one I've ever played. I suck shit at it, but I'm also old and have no reflexes and don't really understand Battle Royale games, I don't think. So um, I also think that, and I would agree with you, I think Infinity War does have the best sense of like gunplay. Like When I fire a gun that's made by, and it's in a game made by Infinity War, it feels the most, like it has the most heft and all that. My problem with this game is the map design. I think it is not good. I think that they have decided that they need to have verticality in every level and corners to the point where half the over half the games that you play are are just camp vests. Like people do not move. Like traditionally, Call of Duty has had the three quarter game where it forces it funnels people into moving no matter what and it keeps the games going it's an arcade style and this new strategic thing that infinity war was going for i get it but i just don't think it's as fun and then it's also it also butts up against the silliness that's inherent to call of duty like don't tell me like oh it's strategic and it's just like modern warfare when there's assholes with crossbows or riot shields strapped to their back, 
or dual wielding 357 magnums like there's this isn't real like it's video game what are we doing and i and i don't like the russian menards level you guys it's so bad (laughs) (laughs) i i agree with you as far as the verticality goes i think it's a little overdone but i do think it there has i mean there's always been some of that in infinity i mean crash crash has quite a bit of it and that was from the very first modern warfare there's a lot of outbuildings to get into. There's a lot of stairs, but I, I, I get what you're saying, but you're wrong. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> but I love you. I, I agree with Brett in regards to the, uh, I'm wrong. The, mo- the modern warfare aspect of it. Like either give me a, basically an NFL blitz style shooter where I can go be silly and have fun and, you know, have crazy loadouts or give me a Tom Clancy game. You know, if we're going to talk strategy, you know, go ahead and give me a Tom Clancy style game with, you know, that relies on stealth, relies on position, you know, relies on uh, the rest of your squad. Whereas, you know, normally with Call of Duty, you're just kind of looking to run around and fuck shit up. I do think that the plunder map or the plunder game mode especially is some of the most fun I've ever had with the Call of Duty game. It forces you to, you know, even if you're not funneling down three corridors, it still forces you to press the action. You know, there really is no reward for sitting still. And that's normally what I'm accustomed to out of a out of a Call of Duty game. So I appreciate that. And it also adds some of that silliness with the ability to fly helicopters and ATV, you know, run ATVs around and, and shit like that. So I feel like you get a lot more of the wacky stuff that we're used to happening in a multiplayer game out of that plunder game mode, which I enjoy. I just wish that we could open it up, you know, to have you know, either if we have six of us, I'd like to have those six people jump into the same game, you know, which would be nice, but can't have it all. And I mean, let's be honest, guys, out of both of the Call of Duty games we've talked about here, we've all gotten our money's worth out of them. Well, I noticed neither and nobody put Black Ops on the list. So, I mean, you know, that's because Black Ops (laughs) fucking sucks. I I wish they would quit making those. Good Lord. How many, how many more drones do I have to pilot? Right. Fuck. <laughs> my, my number four is Overwatch. Uh, this is a, a Blizzard game that was a shooter, so it was pretty wild and new. Um, came out in 2016, which is crazy to me like that it's four years old already. Uh, came out in May, so it's like literally four years old. Um, the, it's a first-person team-based shooter. Um, it's almost exclusively objectives. Uh, but it's all, but it's a hero shooter. Um, there's three styles of heroes. There's your tanks, your DPSs and your healers, and they all play extremely differently and they all have so much personality and it's a blizzard game. So it's polished to within an inch of its fucking life. And this game owned me for like over a year. Like this is what I played. And this was a multiplayer game I played by myself because none of you turds would play with me except for Eli. And Eli's too good, and he kind of ruins it. So, like, 
that's how good this game <laughs> but that's how good Eli. this game was that like yeah I good work buddy it by myself like this was a game where i did competitive seasons for the first like three competitive seasons because it was so much fun like i had three different mains like this was just like the, this is the only time a game like this took it over to the point where like i wasn't playing with my friends i was playing because i love the game like i love world war like call of duty world war II. and i and like i don't like, i don't i don't love modern warfare but i love playing it because like that's like literally our equivalent of a zoom meeting at this point like for us like it's like we all just get <laughs> yeah. on talk some shit yep. and you know it's something to do but like this game oh so good like i wish you guys played it but anyway uh they've continually updated it because it's it's a competitive game and like they have esports built around it and stuff and it just got to a point where suddenly i wasn't playing it wasn't the same game like i've been playing before and i kind of just you know i started to just get worse and worse and worse and i fell out but it was just a big part of the generation for me i freaking loved it the thing that struck me about this one was the the classes you know like that that idea was so novel to me to have a first person shooter with these separate classes and you know the fact that you could be successful with any of them but really to make the game work and to win you had to have a good melding of classes within your squad. You know, there was a lot of teamwork involved here, which is why I think this esports took such a hold of this game, you know, because I mean, this was kind of like counter-strike, you know, in regards to a tactical uh, shooter, you know, this was probably the closest thing we've seen for a while. And, you know, to see the esports community really rally around that and, you know, take that as as the game for shooters for a while was kind of cool. Um, visually, it's it's way more Halo than it is Call of Duty, you know, just in regards to being kind of space spacey and also the colors, you know, the color scheme is well, cartoony as hell, you know, bright. Yeah, um, but it's super fun. And, you know, I probably should have played it more with you. But I was playing some of these other games up on my list. <laughs> I, I I have no excuse here. I don't know why this game missed me. Like it, it's right up my alley. It is a it's class based. You know, I, I played World of Warcraft like nobody's business. I, I like I like that. I like that. Um, I like that type of game. I like a class based game where everybody's got their role. Um, I, I think it's literally the only Blizzard game I've never played. I, I don't have an ex, I don't have an excuse for it. I, I just I think what happened was it wasn't on my radar. Everybody got it, and then it got to the point where it's like, can I really jump into this? Well, game you could five but, months but, late. But if you want, but you're gonna have to only play that game for hours and hours. And like, I, I get and it. and and that's the thing because it was four years old, right? It's about four. It's four years old now, yeah. See, I was still working on the road at that time. I'm pretty sure that's why it missed me because I would have. It seems like it was right up my alley, but maybe maybe someday i'll pick it up for pennies and get my ass beat for about three hours and well i mean they're well they're getting ready to launch another one uh within the next like year and a half or so so like uh the thing i the, the biggest thing i thought of that was fun about this was like especially at the beginning like your skill level almost didn't matter because there would be bound to be a hero that you could play and be helpful with like if you suck ass at aiming you could just be lucio and 
as long as you're close to people, you're healing them, or you can switch it over and make them run fast, you know, or if you're a dead shot, then be a DPS, you know, like it, it, it just, it was neat because anybody could play it, but you know, as it went, it got sure. more toxic like they all do and whatever. It was a great, it's a great game and play with me <laughs> next time. You jerks. Anyway, um, uh, moving on, my number three game is a game called Ape Out. It's on the Switch, and um, this game, and then my, and then later on, uh, my number one game, um, kind of are emblematic of why I love the Switch, and like it is rapidly becoming maybe my favorite console ever. Uh, like it's got all the Nintendo first party stuff that rules, but then like it's picked up a lot of the indie mm-hmm. PC stuff. And like, uh, and it just plays like a dream. Um, this game, it's a top-down uh, beat 'em up. That's uh, also kind of a puzzle game. You play a monkey, a An gorilla ape. that is like in a testing facility, and he breaks out. And basically, every level is a maze that you've got to get through. And um, there are humans in your way and you can either avoid them or kill them. They're easy to kill, but they have guns. So they, it's easy for them to kill you. Uh, the soundtrack is fucking dope. It is like this jazzy percussive um, soundtrack that is actually synced to the way you play. So when you are rocking humans and throwing them into walls and splatting them everywhere, the percussion is just hammering and like, it just, it just melts. Symbols, symbols, symbols. Yeah. It's so good. And then there's like the art style is this, it's just it's this artsy, like almost dirty outlines of things. Like it's just, it's just such a very, very cool game. And it was developed by one guy, a true like, indie. One dude made it. And like that's, yeah, like that is it. That's so impressive to me. And like, um, it's it's a great game and like it's fun to just load it up and play a few levels like i beat the game like a couple times but like you know it's just like i'm just gonna load this up and roll through four levels because it's really fun and that's you know that's what i look for in video games it's uh a really good time waster like you can spend five minutes on it or you can spend two hours on it uh but yeah the soundtrack makes it for me on this one, like it, it's a fun premise and a fun game, but I wish that I could just put the soundtrack on and, and let it ride because that the way it builds tension throughout the game and the way you get excited when you're performing well in the game and the music changes to reflect that, uh, just a ton of fun. And, you know, a little bit more violent than I expect out of the Nintendo console. And like, there's really nothing graphic about it, but it's just the way the color pops on the screen. I mean, you're basically fighting stick figures or outlines of figures. You know, you don't see any faces, but then you see, you know, trails of blood if if you hurt somebody or, you know, a giant splatter if you smash them against the wall. And uh, it was really kind of jarring at first when I played it because I wasn't expecting that on the Nintendo, but highly addictive a lot of fun. Good pick. Yeah, you had me you had me play this one of the times you came over, you know, uh I feels like years ago, and I enjoyed it. I I guess I'm I'm cheap 
when it comes on sale and I notice it, I'll pick it up. <laughs> I'm just cheap. But I, I mean, like, I enjoyed like, it. The price like, is like ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm cheap. Like, <laughs> I've, I've honestly, it's just my backlog is so ridiculous right now. Like, I have to pretend like I'm an adult sometimes, and that really cuts into my video gaming. But I want to spend more time with it. I really did enjoy it. I like the puzzle aspect of it. I got my I got my monkey ass shot a couple times and I got angry that I, I wasn't better at it, but I, I'll have to spend more time with it when I can get it for super cheap. Give me, give me that, give me that four cent Nintendo switch uh, deal. You know, they got them. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to my number three. Uh, it wouldn't be one of my lists without a legend of Zelda game. Uh, it's Breath of oh, the Wild. Oh, what Zelda game did you put on there? It's Breath of the Wild on a Switch, Brett. Oh, this is... Oh, okay. I guess yeah. technically it's a Zelda game. Oh, come on. <clears throat> All right. All right, Brett. Um, so what Brett is alluding to is that they changed... They they evolved with the times for this game. Um, they, they made it... Um, the visuals are a lot more lifelike. Um, they're not cell shaded. They're not cartoony. They're very lifelike. Um, they added a physics engine, um, for the first time ever. Um, there's voice acting, um, for all the parts, which it was, it wasn't bad. Don't make that face. Nobody could see it. Um, but they, they, they basically took Legend of Zelda and, and took it to its next logical step. It's a huge world. Um, it's it's very 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 non-linear. You can go anywhere on this map, whenever you want to. Um, they added a crafting system, which you know that that kind of blew me away. Um, I remember I I just decided to go north when I started, and I got up into a mountain and it was snowing, and then I started losing health and I'm like, what the fuck's attacking me? No, I didn't have the right clothes. I was cold. I died. It, it just made you think about the the world a little bit differently. Um, Brett, you're chomping at the bit to talk to me about this one. I, they added weather, um, which I thought was really cool. I thought it was really cool watching thunderstorms roll through. Uh, wow, Brett, damn. Um, the, <laughs> the, the four divine beast uh, layers in this game are... Um, they were really really good puzzle labyrinths um they were tough if you weren't you had to kind of be thinking about stuff 3d you know up down left right you could move them move parts of these dungeons um independently of each other and it it was it was tough but it was a very pretty game there was a lot to offer it was a huge world and i will uh await your roasting brett um I don't like this game. I don't think it's a Zelda game. Number one seller on the Switch, by the way. Well, that that's cool, man. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to that. Like, that like garbage shit sells all the time. I don't know. But, Damn. Like, I just they basically. I felt like they took everything I liked about Zelda and basically got rid of it. I like highly curated I, lo- I love the highly curated dungeons those are gone you get these little shrines which are like fucking 
like one like one little puzzle and then you're out the divine beasts are sort of cool but they're also too short but those are the closest thing to dungeons in the game mm-hmm. um i i don't know man like there's just like there's just so much crap that they just threw on it to like make it longer for no reason like hey you need to get to the top of this mountain but it's raining so you can't sorry oh are you out of, and you're out of stamina sorry well, oh man, you're fighting that guy. Craft well, the master sword to just got too tired. The master sword got too tired to keep fighting. <laughs> it's tired now. <laughs> I I just I fucking can't with this game. And like I I I did it. I I went through and I beat it. And like there's some cool elements to it, and I get why people like it. And I think some of the design stuff is very cool. Like I like all the like. Uh, like the guardian bot things that are like, but those like yeah, spiders like with a laser. At you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like that's cool. And like, I like some of the stuff with like, uh, some of the discovery stuff is very cool. And like, but man, like, it's just so fucking aimless. And I just, I just can't. Like, I get why. And I, here's the, I get why people like it. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm just, very much not an open world person anymore like i am past my mid-30s i am married and have a kid i just don't have time for this horse shit just let me get to the fucking game (laughs) oh no well now you gotta cook something why why do i gotta cook i cook in real life for okay i'm good it's for a more immersive world brett and all of all of my praise and and your ranting aside, I don't think this is going to be the new norm for Legend of Zelda. It's the games. next one, though. What's that? It's the next one, though. I, maybe I'm, they're doing no, no, they're doing a direct sequel, so it's going to be the next one. Well, I'm going to fucking play it, but there'll be there'll be more. You'll you'll get your spirit tracks. Hell yeah! <laughs> choo choo, bitch. <laughs> Get your Triforce, your Triforce choo-choo. I didn't play this game because when I bought a Switch, I decided to play A Link to the Past, the best Zelda game. I will agree with that. Yeah. Also, um, Link's Awakening is on the Switch. It's it's better too. It's yeah, but not for sixty bucks. Do not buy that game for sixty bucks. Well, if you haven't played it, it's probably fun. oh my god, you can beat it in like like you can one hundred percent that shit in like four hours it is not a long game it was made for the game boy they just made it prettier but if you haven't played it play it just don't play it for 60 moving on to my number three it's red dead redemption 2 for the ps4 um this one was kind of cool because they rewound the clock a little bit and went back in time and you actually follow dutch's gang and their rise to prominence prior to the John Marston, uh, you know, saga that we get in the first Red Dead Redemption. So it follows a dude named Arthur Morgan. And, you know, you get to meet John Marston, uh, Marston in the game and play with him a little bit. But, you know, you kind of get that dynamic of uh, an outlaw gang as you travel through the story. So you get to participate in some heists, you get to participate in some robberies and and some of the hood rat shit that those guys did. Um, And and it's a ton of fun, you know, like a a lot of those set pieces are big and drawn out and they're enjoyable 
while you do it. Um, plus, you get all of the big world that we're used to out of a Rockstar game. This one feels a little bit more like uh, in East Texas, whereas the first game was very much a, a West Texas, North Mexico kind of scenery. This one, you get into parts that resemble uh, the bayou and, you know, parts of Louisiana, which was kind of neat just to see, you know, a little subtle change in scenery. Um, you know, you get a little bit bigger cities and establishments to explore, but this game is, is solid. I think they polished up what they needed to polish up from the first one and, you know, created another huge, um, open world rockstar game. And I, I enjoyed the piss out of it. I, the slight change in story to be able to go back in time and replay this and still feel like you were carrying on the same story and style of play that you had been used to for every iteration before this was neat. And I'm looking forward to another one. Yeah. Um, I really, I, I spent a lot of time with this game, really enjoyed it. Um, I think my favorite part of the game was the, I guess, um, the epilogue where it, it really sets up the first game. And I, I mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens. I, this is not one I'm willing to spoil because there very well might be people still going through it, but um, it sets up the first game. It, you're... That's all I'm going to say. I, I really enjoyed the epilogue. I really enjoyed how they tied the two together. Obviously, this one happened before the first one, but um, great game. Uh, the it had a great story. Uh, another one that you know you could have you could have watched uh, as a western in the '50s, and it would have been right at home. Um, my only problem with this game is it is it is a long game. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that, but but there are times where I feel like it could like plod along, where it was it it was like oh Jesus Christ are we can I be done with this part yet? And you know I guess that's part of of make of creating a giant world, uh, a huge story um, with a you know a huge map. I, it's probably just part of it, but I just thought it could plot at times. Well, there were some definite weird choices that they made that added to that. The food like, like, food and water intake. Well, like that was weird. I mean, like you didn't have to really worry too much about it. Just like always eat something. If you were at camp, you were fine. But like they're, they're like kind of their trash fast travel system, which was like one way and you could only do it from camp and like, okay. And I mean, they wanted a certain pace to that game. Like you mm-hmm. can tell, I mean, it was very deliberately designed that way, but holy shit, you're not wrong. Sometimes it was just like, what are we like? Well, they literally had a button that you could just be like, okay, horsey, take me there. So I don't, and like, I don't want to have to steer. I'm going to go get a beer. Like, you know, like that tells me that you, that this isn't great, a great use of my time. <laughs> but I, what I will say about this game is like, I love the first game so much. And the fact that I think I like Arthur more than I like John Marston at this point is incredible. Like I love yep. Arthur Morgan. I think John Marston he, for life. Um, I, I think he's just really well drawn out and like 
I just, I just really appreciated it. I lo- and I really liked seeing like what a dipshit John Marston was in this game and like how far along he actually comes by the end of Red Dead Redemption one. Like it's like a different character. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I, I would agree. Like it's a little too drawn out, but the world they created is stunning. And like, it's and like what's crazy about how much time they put into that is like how easy it would be for people to not see a lot of that. Like, there's yes. shit, you know what I mean? Like, like, cause like all, all those buildings and all the stuff with things in it and stuff, that's all curated. You know, that's not just like randomly generating every time. So like artists took time to do that. And that was, that was planned and designed. And like, there's stuff in there that, you know, 90% of players are never going to see. And like, like there's just so much money that just got thrown at that game. There, there's stuff I didn't know about. I beat the game. I completed it. I searched, and then I went to work. And I have a buddy at work that's still playing, and he's like, "I found a dinosaur bone." I'm like, "There's fucking dinosaur bones." I had no idea. Like the, the my favorite shit was coming across the KKK and then throwing a stick of dynamite at him. Yeah. Yep. But but like the world is so big, there are collectibles and things that I didn't even know were in it, and I spent oh, yeah. the time. I do the the exploring and the side quests. I had no idea. I mean, it shouldn't it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that Dutch has a plan. Rockstar makes yeah <laughs> that that Rockstar makes uh, amazing open worlds they're very good at character development you know this is just an it's just an add another hit you know we're gonna stay in that vein for a minute and move on to the number two picks my number two another rockstar game uh you know really an example their culmination of the series so far it's grand theft auto 5 um this one to me did the best job of kind of breaking away from the stereotypes and the tropes that, you know, they had played with for so long, you know, every game we had prior to this was, you know, a extremely derivative of either mobster movies or, um, you know, any other type of gangster movie. I mean, you, you San Andreas is, you know, basically lifted from a boys in the hood type script Vice city is lifted from Scarface. And then, the rest of them are lifted from 70s and 80s mobster movies. Um, you know, really the standout star of Grand Theft Auto V is Trevor. You know, like his, the, the character development that went into that was so different than anything they had done before on a deep scale. Um, you know, and, and as somebody that knows white trash, it was really nice to see them flesh that out where, you know, even with Michael and Franklin, you know, Michael is basically Ray Liotta dropped into a game. Uh, you know, Franklin is, you know, I, I don't know which label to put on Franklin, but, you know, basically they plucked him out of a, you know, boys in the hood type script, you know, like a South Central L.A gang movie um you know and then trevor they got this methed out dude you know that's banging skeezers in his trailer uh you know taking advantage of his cousin who works down at the docks like just the character from justified that's what yeah like it's just it's very different and also that that tweaker mindset 
where he's doing all of this dastardly shit. And then he goes and steals a helicopter and decides, decides to fight a paramilitary group. Like the way they were able to make him go big and go crazy, I think really drove that game along and added a, a layer that wasn't there before. And also added some levity and some fun to it that I really appreciated. Um, talking about the game itself, it's huge. Um, you know, they did a really good job of representing the entire area of, <clears throat> you know, San Andreas and the surrounding area because you get the inner city, you get the downtown lifestyle, and then you also get the desolate, you know, Eastern California, Western Nevada type desert that, uh, you know, Trevor comes from and, you know, the online play, it's not something I've really gotten into with the Grand Theft Auto games, but it is extremely popular. You know, there's a reason that this game has sold so many copies across two generations of console, um, you know, because this was released prior. Um, it was actually released for the PS3 and then came over to the PS4 and broke records on the PS4. Um, well, I mean... Uh, right now, they're actually giving away Grand Theft Auto V on the PC uh, through the Epic Game Store. And they are literally doing that to get more motherfuckers into their online to spend money. Microtransactions! Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've they've the got... Cards. Yeah, they've got a market there that is just continuing to feed itself. Not really my thing, but, you know, I, I recognize it and see that they're, you know, they've still got a product out there that millions of people are enjoying. I'm looking forward to a new iteration eventually. Um, you know, the story for me has always been one of the things to enjoy about Grand Theft Auto. And so I'm looking forward to a new one at some point. But, you know, the amount of effort, the scale, and the character development in this one is why it deserves to be number two on my list. Yeah, I, I liked I liked the game. It's, once again, it's Rockstar. They don't, they don't miss. Um the the having three different main characters that you could switch between um control I, was different um i think it worked pretty well but I, I i guess personally i'd like to see him go back to just one big overarching story with with one main but i i did appreciate this i do you know i you've got to evolve at some point um it, it's grand theft auto it it is what it is it's it's big stupid blow up fun and that's great well i i think part of it too i would argue with the three separate characters it was a good way to cover ground mm -hmm. because you could have this enormous ass map yeah but rather than go have to drive from one end of the map to the other you can just switch yep. characters mm -hmm. and be near your next mission pull, which pull, i thought was a smart use of it pull trevor out of his trailer and yeah 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 and that that's that's probably why they did it, I'm guessing. But it it, it worked for them. Like I said, they don't miss. Mm -hmm. I liked it. It was a good game. <laughs> I don't have anything else to add. Like I mean, like you know, like uh, I I feel like my problem with Grand Theft Auto is like it always gets so over the top and silly that like there's a part of me that's just like, all right, that's cool. You know, like it, it's it's hard to take seriously, even though like. It's super well done. I don't know. Like again, I liked it. It was a good game. 
So all right, um, I'm going to move on to my number two. Uh, not going to talk much about it now, um, but it's uh, the new iteration of Spider-Man on the PS4. Um, spent a lot of time with it, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I heard he does whatever a spider can. Allegedly, I, I don't. I can't say. We'll talk about it later, Brett. All right. Uh, okay. So, um, my number two is Persona Five. Uh, this is a game that, like, Persona is a fucking weird series. Um, it's part of the Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, there's um, a couple of other different series. It's an offshoot. That's Persona. Like, I, I mean, like Persona Three. You were teens that like had the, the to get into this world where they fought people with shoot themselves in the head and then like uh persona 4 they had to go through a magic tv channel and like uh persona 5 um you to get to the uh the dream it's it's weird it's hard to even explain but like to get there yet they use an app on their phone but anyway it's a it's a jrpg um it takes place in tokyo you're playing uh uh, the protagonist is a teen at a, at a at a academy in Tokyo, and it goes through the, um, one school year. Uh, the game is half dungeon crawler, half uh, social simulator. Um, so part of so half the time you're trying to build relationships with other people, which gives you bonuses in combat and stuff. The other half is this dungeon crawler where you are fighting monsters, capturing these monsters which are called personas and they all have different attributes and you're leveling them up and you're combining them. And it's just, it's this crazy big game. Uh, it's so stylish. It's the most stylish game I've ever played probably other than like space channel five. I mean, it's just got crazy stuff going on all the time. It's uh, turn-based, but it doesn't, it never feels slow. Um, there's grinding if you want there to be, but it doesn't have to be. Um, each dungeon is specifically tailored to the part of the story you're at, which is cool because like all the enemies appear differently, and like even the level design is based around that bit of the story. It's it's hard to explain without getting into it. Um, just very cool game. Like. It's hard. It's one of those things where you'd like, I want everybody to have played it, but I also know that everybody doesn't want to play a hundred hour JRPG. And uh, so it's a great game. It's a hundred hours. That's what I put in. Yeah. Damn. Um, It's, it's really cool. And they just came out with a new version that I have. I will play it someday. That's what I'm telling myself. I've always heard um, good things about this series but i've i've never really touched on it myself which is kind of weird being a big rpg guy i i i've seen i've seen them and i've been like ah eh, maybe and then i just never get around to it so you know maybe you should toss me your copy bro um i could well how i let somebody borrow my hard copy of five and then i downloaded the new one digitally mm-hmm. so but i if i ever get that one back yeah just you'll have to mail it to me since you know the world sucks no, no. <laughs> uh moving on um 
we're up to the number ones. My number one is another indie game on the Switch, and it is called Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania, which means it's a 2D side-scroller. Um, you're going to do platforming. You're going to be um, getting... You're going to be seeing places that you really want to go to, but you don't have the equipment for it yet. And eventually you will get the equipment and you'll be able to go back to that and it'll uncover new parts of the map. Um, Hollow Knight's great because it's gigantic. Like, um, I've I've played a few... Like, I'm not going to pretend I've played every Metroidvania game there. It's just this giant genre, especially with the way indies have proliferated and it's just one that a lot of people do, but... This is the, just the biggest damn map I've ever seen, you guys. It's so huge. And um, the cool part is each area feels distinct. Like, uh, they do enough different with the art style that you know where you know you've entered a new area, but it also feels uh, of a whole. The story, it's you're this little bug, and you're, you're going into Hollow Nest, and it's this bug kingdom that is decaying and you end up like sort of discovering why um it's fucking so good it's so hard it's just it's a great game and it's like 15 dollars on when it's full price uh developed by four guys in australia like <laughs> these indie games blow my mind like when you think about like call of duty or anything they have these teams of hundreds hundreds of people making them and then these little games that well these huge this is a huge game but have four dudes making it it's just it's super great it's my favorite game i played in this gen and it's not even particularly close so yeah i i played it um i enjoyed it you're not wrong about it being hard uh it gets it's tough um i i think i enjoyed it and it's it's it is a huge game that you really need to be able to i feel like you can't be going back and forth between that game and other games you kind of just need to sit down and that was my problem i got probably 10 hours into it and then something else grabbed my attention and i tried to come back to it and i'm like i literally don't remember anything about where i am what i'm supposed to be doing or where i'm supposed to go and i i kind of stopped but that'll be a that'll be a a winter game i'll pencil it in (laughs) the thing that i want to touch on is especially with two of your picks brett reminds me how much i need to check out the nintendo store um you know obviously they've they've got these small games for all all consoles but for whatever reason the switch really has some fun creative indie games on the eShop, and so Stuff like this reminds me that I need to check that more, and I encourage everybody else to go check that and see what you can pick up, because you may find some hidden gems for cheap. There are, there's almost always games for literal pennies, like one, yep. two, three cents, and some of them, you're, I mean, it's hard not to get your money's worth out of that, but it, there's some good ones. Yeah, indie indie games have come a long, long way. It started last gen and. It, it's really picked up this gen. Um, my number one is not an indie game. Uh, my number one sticking on the Switch is Super Mario Odyssey. Um, Mario games go 
one of two ways they 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 go with their their 2d platforming um i guess sometimes there's a 3d aspect to them now oh, like uh, the the new super mario world game that came out uh at the end of the i guess the wii u life and then was was born again in this gen but this is a true 3d mario um much just like mario 64 uh, mario galaxy um the it's it's a 3D Mario. It, it it is what it is. The I guess the new thing they introduce in this game is your hat has been possessed, and it is now named Cappy, and it has eyeballs, which is creepy as shit. But you can throw your hat at just about any living object, and possess uh, possess that object. So you can throw it at a Goomba, and now you're a Goomba, and then you can stack those Goombas. Because you might need a stack of twenty of them to get to a star, or I'm sorry, a moon. There are moons yeah, in this one. Yeah, yeah, now. it's very different. Um, it, but stuff like that. I mean, there's a fucking T-Rex, which is awesome. You can throw your hat at a T-Rex, and then you embody this T-Rex wearing the hat, mind you, which is hilarious. And and, and just, the mustache. And the mustache, and just go around and mess stuff up. But it, you know, it's it's a 3D, it's a 3D Mario. There's I think there's 500 of these moons to get, and yeah, it's something ridiculous. And, and and me and my fiance sat down. I guess it was two years ago, and got them all because this game was so good. It was so captivating, um, and the way they lead you to these moons isn't, you know, there's not really a, a designated path to get there. There's a big list, and it'll give you a three or four word cryptic answer on where to locate this moon and then good luck go try to find it um it's it's a ton of fun it's a beautiful game it's it's a nintendo first party game so you know what you're getting um the the best part about the game though is within every level within every 3d level there are always some 2d pipes you can go in and then it throws you back in that old 2d super mario brother brothers world on the original nes which is just great it's 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 nostalgia at its finest it, it is aimed directly at people like me and i'm like yeah just just pour it on it, it's a beautiful game everybody should play it yeah I, I don't have much to add like like you said it's nintendo it's for it's first party nintendo so you know it's just polished within an inch of its life it's it's there's not going to be anything janky about it uh also i just liked at the end when you got the skin for mario 64 and you could put it on and then you're just all blocky and like mario's ass is blocky again in that game yeah and it's just very funny to me <laughs> yeah uh anyway yeah it's very good remember game. when you go to new donk city which is basically like a it's like a new york city but and like everybody's bustling around there's guys with briefcases and 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 they're running around and there's taxis and then it's just Mario like just jumping off a of shit for no reason and they're all just staring at him and then for some reason the mayor will sing you a song. <laughs> it's just, it's it's yeah. it's wacky weird Mario and it works forever. My number one, uh, we touched on it earlier, but this for me is the absolute best game that has been on the PS4. Um, and honestly, the PS4 is my favorite console out of these. So it's the best game of the generation. It's Marvel's Spider-Man. Um, 
this for me, everything we wanted out of a Spider-Man game, you know, we got a pretty good one on the PS2, but this feels like the most complete capturing of a superhero's movements, a superhero's fluidity, um, you know, everything that embodies Spider-Man you can do in this game. Uh, it's set up like an open world sandbox style game, you know, very Grand Theft Auto ish, but you web sling to get everywhere. And there's probably a couple of times where you, you know, throw your web out to nothing and you still keep swinging. Like there's a, there's a couple of little glitches there where, you know, you're not actually sticking onto a building before you make your next swing. But if we're being honest, we see those exact same panels in the comic book too, um, where you can't really figure out where Spider-Man attached his web to keep swinging through the city. And, but for the most part, it, it captures something in the world as you move through, which I thought was really impressive. You know, the ability to, um, you know, land on a lamppost and make it look natural was impressive. The combat, you know, while it is kind of derivative of the Batman Arkham games, you know, it's that free flowing combat. And then also the perch takedown stuff that you do is very derivative of the Arkham games. But I also feel like both of those skill sets are the same for Batman and Spider-Man. You know, you see a lot of those things happen. There's a point where it's just like, that's fine. It works well. Right. Like, I, like right. I mean, I ain't mad about it. Like that combat system's fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's fun to be up on things and take people down. Like, I don't, I don't need them to reinvent the wheel if it's good. You know, like, exactly. I mean, you know, like we play all these shooter games, and you know what? X is always reload, and there's a reason why. It just works. Like, yep. This is the same thing. Yep. Um, you know, the story's solid. It's one of those. You know, I mean, it, it follows a couple of different story arcs, and there's plenty of side missions where you can get into, um, you know, kind of B-list supervillains as you go through the side stories, which is fun. Uh, the thing that probably impresses me the most about it is how easy it is to just pick up and play. You know, my five-year-old picked it up today, and within minutes was web slinging through the city and punching random jabronis, you know, because it's, it's easy to figure out, but it's also one that can capture your attention. Like I hundred percent of this game and like, I made up my mind early that I was going to hundred percent this game because there was so much fun stuff to explore. Uh, you know, always captured my attention and even picking it up today, you know, I wanted to play it again. And so it's just something that I feel like was, the best adaptation of a superhero that we've ever seen. And, you know, the prettiest adaptation we've seen yet. And just a a solid game for the PS4. And I hope that they make another one, you know, with the next generation. Uh, Oh, well, I mean, that's happening. (laughs) It's it's, like, I mean, like it it is. Sony owns the rights to, to that. They bought the developer who made it and it made all the money there we're getting more yeah this was my give it to me this was my number two game and it it's i'm not gonna parrot everything drake said like it's it is a beautiful game it it is that free roam 
style of game done perfectly. The world isn't too big. Um, the there's not um, there's not like eight trillion side quests like you run into with some of these. Like you can do you can hundred percent this game, and it's still, it still it never felt like a chore. There was a there right. was a lot of variety of the side missions. Um, there was a lot to do. And it, it never felt like a chore. It's a big game, but not too big. It, um, I think the other thing, just like I said with the Batman games too, um, the amount of the the lore that it gets into. Every time you encounter a new character, it it unlocks something in the menu, and you go in and you can be like, "Who the fuck is that?" and read about them. If you're not really you know well versed on the comics or that world, and and I appreciate that too, but. Man, it's a pretty game, and it is constantly on sale. If you have not played this yet, treat yourself. Mm-hmm. I, for me, the the thing I really liked about this game was just all the like all the touches that that ended up just the, the small finishing stuff they put in there that really elevated it, like all the suits. Mm-hmm. Like yes, yeah, uh, like that. Like so, like I mean, when when they finally put the Raimi suit in, and I was like, give it to me. Mm-hmm. Or like when you're like when you want to fast travel, so it show it shows a little clip of Spider Man just sitting on the subway next to a dude looking at his phone. <laughs> yeah, like, that and and that's just like the perfect like little bit of attitude that like plugs you into exactly what this game is because it's just like the comics. Like that is what they like what would happen. Um, I I really love where the plot goes. Like I, I was not expecting Sinister Six. It was just I was just like. Mm. and it's just it's fun it's it's just it's stupid fun in like in the best way like it's just so stupidly fun to play like like you said like there's no barrier to it you're like if you're good at it you'll be better at web slinging but you can be bad and still you look pretty rad because you're (laughs) spider-man in a black and yellow suit and that's great yeah yeah so anyway that's this gen kids it's a good gen you should play the games on it yep this gen uh is coming to an end soon it's it's not here yet but it's at the door and so if you haven't played any of these games yet go check them out pick them up let us know what you think and uh we've got one more video game episode coming your way so we're excited to put that together for you and we hope you've enjoyed this series adios bye guys all right Take care.